first thing I say is sales is a high rejection sport. So you need resilience. You need to have a positive attitude. You need to, to be able to get off that, that lost sale call and pick up the next phone call and let that roll off your back. The fact of the matter is in the world that I live in, only 18 to 20% of people are going to buy. That's one in five. So you have to be okay with four out of five not purchasing at that time. I call them NRNs, the not right nows. I don't like to say that they're no's. I just call them NRN. Makes me feel better. Three, two, one, zero. Ignition. Liftoff. Ending small business failure. Welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with the number one small business expert, Melinda Emerson. Melinda's goal is to end small business failure, and she'll give you the information you need to succeed and live the life you dream of. Now, here's your host, the Small Biz Chat Lady herself, Melinda Emerson. Are you ready to shine on a national stage? Your journey to national acclaim begins at Brand in Demand Live in Philadelphia this September 21st to the 23rd. Don't miss your chance to transform your brand and skyrocket your business. Register today. Welcome back to the Small Biz Chef Podcast. I'm Melinda Emerson, your host. And now it is time to talk about sales from a completely different angle. We're going to talk about how to hire your first sales team. And that is something critical because hiring the wrong salesperson in your organization can torpedo your organization. But also thinking that hiring a salesperson is going to save your business is also a big mistake. So I have a wonderful expert that is here with me today, and her name is Christy Jones. And Christy is going to talk to us about how to bring in your first sales team. She is the go-to expert for companies wanting to build, grow, or scale their sales or customer success teams. She started sales acceleration group in 2016 to help owners and founders increase revenue, reduce charge, and be able to scale more quickly. Her 20 plus years as a sales leader in a SaaS space fuels her passion for helping bootstrap and venture back founder. For more information, head over to salesaccelerationgroup.com. Christy, welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast. Thanks, Melinda. Excited to talk to you about our topic today. All right. So let's jump into it. How in the world did you become a sales expert? I lost my job. You know, I mean, nothing like a little, nothing like a little uh, layoff to put the fire underneath you. Yeah, I was, uh, I spent the first eight years in retail as a buyer for um, a major department store. And I lost my job as a result of an acquisition. So uh, we were VC backed. I was all excited about that until we got sold and I was employee number one, let go. So I worked really hard to find myself a new VP of sales job, but the universe conspired to make sure that I was helping other small startups instead of just one small startup. So when you are thinking about sales and in particular about bringing on your first salesperson, you know, when should you do that? Yeah, great question. I work with a lot of uh, early stage startups where we call it founder-led sales. So normally the person who had the brilliant idea, sometimes in their, I call it in their basement or their garage, is really is the first salesperson and honestly really should be the first salesperson. So I think the best person to be the very first salesperson is the founder. But at some point, the founder is probably not the best person to continue to lead sales in their, in their own company. They have other hats they need to be wearing. And most of the founders that I work with are tech founders. And so they don't really enjoy it that much. 
So I think once you've decided that maybe I'm ready to get out of the sales business, I think these are some questions that you need to ask yourself. First and foremost, do you have product market fit? And what I mean by that is, does your product or service actually solve a problem that someone is willing to pay to solve? So do people out into your marketplace see it as a valuable product or service? Are they willing to spend money to do that? I think the second thing you have to have already solved as a founder-led sales leader before you decide to hire your first salesperson, next thing would be, do you have like, do you have a process in place? Like, did you figure out sort of how people are going to move through the sales cycle? Did you understand where leads were going to come from? So did you have to pick up the phone and cold call? Did you have to go to a conference? A lot of times you start with your, your people in your network. So what seemed to get you the best traction? Where did people seem to be the most interested? Where did you meet them, so to speak? So I think those are, those things are super important. How about pricing? A lot of times we have not figured the pricing out yet. And you don't have to figure everything out. Like pivoting is fine. You don't have to figure figure out all the things that you need to figure out before you hire for a salesperson. But hey, like are, back to the, are people willing to pay? Well, are they also willing to pay what you want to charge? So have we gotten the pricing piece all figured out? Do we Are we going to you know charge a monthly fee? Are we going to charge an annual fee? Do we have discounts for multi-year contracts? How about some of those things to, to, that need to be figured out? It would be nice if you had some thoughts around marketing. Uh, already, made, you know, your first sales, it's hard enough to hire your first sales rep without telling them that you have no marketing department. So maybe there are some things that you could do within the marketing situation. Maybe you've got a blog, maybe you've got some sort of articles, you know, maybe you do some speaking, but is there anything that, that, a, that a new sales rep could reference? So I think those are some of the things that you have to ask yourself. And then the most important question, Melinda, that you have to ask yourself if you're doing founder-led sales before you hire your first salesperson is, are you willing to give your baby up for adoption and let someone else raise it? Ah, uh, 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 the age-old question. Can anybody do it as good as me, right? Because we don't really believe people can. But the day you let someone else do it and they do it well, you're like, Lord, why did I wait so long to let you <laughs> yes. do that? So you've talked a lot about sort of like the planning, like the stuff you got to think about before you hire a person. Well, what kind of traits do you look for in a salesperson? Yeah, this is I've been doing hiring in my space for 20 plus years. So I I feel like I really, truly understand this. First thing I say is sales is a high rejection sport. So you need resilience. You need to have a positive attitude. You need to, to be able to get off that that lost sale call and pick up the next phone call and let that roll off your back. The fact of the matter is in the world that I live in, only 18 to 20 percent of people are going to buy. That's one in five. So you have to be okay with four out of five not purchasing at that time. I call them NRNs, the not right nows. I don't like to say that they're no's. I just call them NRN. Makes me feel better. I love lifelong learners. The other thing that's truly important is natural curiosity. And I think I found that there's a tie between lifelong learner and natural curiosity. If you're someone who always wants to know something, you're listening to podcasts such as yours, you're reading books, you're surrounding yourself with super smart people then you're also probably going to be naturally curious. Uh, my son likes to say that I'm nosy. I have tried to work on to work on that with him, but I prefer naturally curious as my politically correct term for that. So I think those are some of the most important things along with you have to have discipline and consistency. So I like to, you know, as I'm hiring sales reps, even younger sales reps, I call them kid, affectionately kids out of college type type sales reps. Do you have some sort of like a self a, a self-directed process? You know, do you have a personal sales process? Do you have a 
personal negotiation strategy? Do you have a personal prospecting strategy? Do you have a uh, do you know what your walkaway point is? I don't normally and I don't normally mandate walkaway points and things like that, but you have to be you have to know like, hey, listen, like I think this thing is dead in the water. It's time to walk away. The other thing that I found that's really interesting um, because I run uh, candidates through a sales profile assessment. One of the things that pops up over and over is mechanical. They have a mechanical mindset. So back in the day, Melinda, and I know you can appreciate this because you and I are sort of of the same generation. I used to say, are you more likely to, when the when the clock radio breaks, are you more likely to grab a screwdriver or a trash can? Top sales reps grab a screwdriver. They may also bring the trash can with them just in case, but they're curious, right? They're going to, they want to take it apart. They want to see if they can fix it. So mechanical is really good. So I think those are some of the things I look for. I think the other thing that I really like is I like to hire athletes. So the other thing you need is grits and you need work ethic. So I really like those two things as well. I found, I found over and over that even like student athletes, people who have been student athletes and had to balance that work, work being sports and school being work, balancing that out. Um, those people have gotten their organizational skills together as well. Interesting. So what are the biggest mistakes people make when hiring salespeople? Ooh, this is my favorite. Oh, they're going to be great. I just feel it. No, <laughs> we are not hiring with your gut. Your gut sucks. It, it does not know right from wrong. Again, in the world I live in, this is my this this one always makes me laugh because these are usually tech founders, right? These are the people who code, they're developers. They have no they have no clue about sales or marketing folks, but they just they felt it. Um, so we can't, we have to have, just like I'm asking people to have a prospecting process, a negotiation process, a sales cycle process, all of those things, you have to have an interview process, right? And you have to take people through the same process every time. First off, from a legal perspective, you want to make sure you're treating every candidate the same because the last thing you want to do is have a lawsuit because you favored somebody by skipping some steps in a process. So from a legal perspective, you want to have that. But honestly, from an apples to apples comparison perspective, you want to have that. So I walk people through the same process every time. I ask them, the majority, I ask the same interview questions every time. I run everybody through an assessment every time. You know, we review the assessment. So you want to have a firm process. Get more than one person involved in your process would be my next tip. So you, you, you still, again, as the founder, you stay, still may be running the sales team, but you're building a culture. Um, I like to say, you know, a lot, there's a lot of talk out there about cultural fit. I'm actually about cultural ad. The best companies out there have a wide variety and mix of employees within their organization because everybody's had a different experience. And the more different experiences you have under one roof, the more likely it is that your product or service will sold, will be out there and solve multiple problems from different experiences. So I think you need to bring more people into the organization, but not because you want to see if they look like you or act like you or have the same value system that you do. You actually want different people to be involved so that they can say, I saw this in this person, I saw this in this person. But in a, you know, but as you're building out your first sales team, everybody's going to interact with everybody, right? There, there, there is no silos or ivory towers at that point. And so you want to get buy-in from others in the organization. So those are a few things I think you should be thinking about. Well, um, what about compensation? Like, are, are commissions with salespeople still uh, available or is that just a misnomer and foolishness? I mean, you know, what do you, what do you need to be thinking about in terms of what you're going to pay these people? Yeah, good question. In the world that I live in, the SaaS software world, we're on a 50-50 split, 50% of total compensation coming from a base salary and 50% coming from what we call variable compensation. And so 
you have to kind of start with that base salary and then you've got to build the variable compensation to sort of match that. Uh, you know, pre-pandemic, I, you know, pre-pandemic, I thought we could get people at what I would affectionately call it a reasonable rate. Then we could get them at a really reasonable rate during pandemic, right? Because a lot of people lost their jobs, unfortunately, during that period of time. And so we had a supply and we had, a, we had an overabundance of supply and not as much demand. So unfortunately, the candidate lost out in that financial race. But coming out, coming out of that, when everybody got, you know, back, back to work, back to the office, ooh, we, we supersized some of those salaries. I was seeing 15, 20, 25% increases in 2022 versus 2019. I think they're stabilizing now, but this goes back to like, this is the old adage, right? This is, this is not, again, this is not sales, you know, sales, super secret stuff. You want to pay for what you need. But I recommend that my founders not only play that, that part of that variable compensation, sure, that should be a percentage commission. You know, you should be paying, you know, let's say eight to 12% commission on gross revenue. Maybe you're paying on profitability, gross margin. Maybe you're paying on those type of things, but save a little bit of money for when you need it. So meaning that, Maybe you're trying to roll out a new product and you want to incent that product. So if they sell this product on top of that or they add it on to the sale, you can get them a little spiff. Maybe you need two-year contracts. Maybe you're having some churn issues. Maybe some customers are turning out and you would like to see two and three-year contracts. Save a little money for an incentive to say for every two-year contract you get is an extra $1,000. So the compensation thing is very, very tricky. But in general, in my world, it's a 50-50 split. But I always say the variable piece can be a little bit tricky, but but save enough money for when you need it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Now, when should you think about a sales manager versus you as the business owner managing like the sales folks? Yeah. So I've got I got a pretty you know strong opinion on this in my world, again, four or five. And I think that just because they deserve a full time sales manager. If you're doing founder led leadership, then you don't have time from four or five. You really don't like they're not there when you need them. In a lot of cases, uh, the clients that I work with bring in a fractional sales leader, again, or call it part-time sales leader, interim sales leader. So, you know, when you're around the million dollar mark, when you've got four or five people, when you really don't, when when you as the leader is probably the founder, when you, when you decide that, listen, like either I'm not good at this anymore, right? Remember, if you weren't the best salesperson as the founder, might not be the best sales leader as the founder. Um, it's time for it's time for expertise help. You're absolutely going to bring in a full time sales leader if a VC firm invests in you. So if venture capital money is coming your way, the first thing out of their mouth is going to be go get, go replace yourself. <laughs> Love it. All right. And then last question for you: What is the best business advice you have ever gotten? Yes, I am going to credit this to Edwin Ammerman. I will call him out on the podcast. He taught me this years and years ago. It has to be all about them before it can be all about you before it can be all about us. So put the prospect first. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much, Christy. You have just really given us so many really insightful pearls. I'm Melinda Emerson, small biz lady, America's number one small business expert. And I will leave you with this last thought. You never lose in business. Either you win or you learn. God bless everybody. Are you ready to shine on a national stage? Your journey to national acclaim begins at Brand in Demand Live in Philadelphia this September 21st to the 23rd. Don't miss your chance to transform your brand and skyrocket your business. Register today. 
Thanks for listening to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with Melinda Emerson. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and join us next Wednesday for more fantastic information and interviews. You can find more sources and small business success strategies by visiting Melinda's website, succeedasyourownboss.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.